0: Welcome to Health Systems CIO's podcast interview with Aaron Martin, Chief Digital Officer at Providence and Managing General Partner with Providence Ventures. In part two, Martin talks about how the organization has benefited from moving to a single website platform, the tremendous opportunity digital tools offer to build better relationships with consumers, what he believes healthcare can learn from Amazon. And the three phases technologists go through when they enter healthcare. And like you had alluded to before, much of the focus seems to be on really making that, that relationship with patients more seamless.
1: Mm-hmm. And
0: can you talk about how this has shifted or how it's changed based on you know what's happened the past <laughs> eleven months or so? Oh yeah,
1: yeah, yeah. Well, I mean, w- one of the key things is we've been working on this. I, you know, I came to Providence from Amazon seven years ago. And so we've been making these investments over the past seven years. So when COVID hit, we were, you know, fortunately in a good place because we had the correct technology to kind of address. And we'd also built it to scale dramatically, right? As a matter of fact, funny thing is like, I used to kind of complain to my engineering architecture teams, Hey, do we really need to build this for this kind of scale? Shouldn't we be kind of focusing more on feature development? Because we're never going to see these types of virtual visit volumes in our in our collective lifetimes and you know boy was i wrong and thank god they didn't listen to me you know they were used to building at amazon scale unfortunately they had done that so a lot of these technologies were kind of crucial in dealing with covid so to give you an example we three years ago started moving to a single platform from a website standpoint i mean when i got here i think we had something like 56 individual websites right like every hospital had its own website yeah mm-hmm. totally unmanageable and so fortunately, we had migrated to what we call internally one site, which is the province.org URL. That made COVID response a lot easier because we could kind of post messaging on a single platform and then change it dynamically as you know new information came on board. The second piece is we had built um, Grace, which is our AI-driven chatbot. We used grace or conversation around helping patients self-assess whether or not they have COVID.
0: Right. Okay.
1: You know, and so we worked with Microsoft to make that even better using their health bot technology. And the third area is we use Dexcare, that platform that I was talking about before for patients after they've self assessed, if they are possibly remember, this is early on when there was very limited testing out there 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 is very limited understanding of the disease allowed patients to be seen safe. And there was very little PPE. We allowed patients to be seen at scale. And then we could kind of assess them and determine, okay, yes, they, they are kind of a patient under investigation. They'd possibly have COVID and you know let's move forward. And if they weren't sick enough we could actually manage them from home. And so we used another two technologies, Zelth, which I had mentioned before, and Mm -hmm. another one, another Providence portfolio company called Twistle, to monitor patients at home on a scalable basis. And so they weren't too sick and they they didn't need to go to the hospital. We could safely monitor them at scale with um, ICU nurses, and they could see, all right, this patient seems to be doing well at check through reminding patients to take their temperature and pulse ox kind of three times a day. And if somebody started to decompensate, we could see them via virtual visit and then potentially admit them to the hospital. So all this technology that we had built was useful in COVID. The second thing I would say is the first two steps around what we've been doing is really around brand. So making sure that we've got kind of a consistent scale brand. So we We've moved from Providence St. Joseph Health to Providence, just from a simplicity standpoint. The second part of what we've done is we unified the websites, obviously, which helps streamline our ability to attract new patients. And then we really have been investing in basically our ability to capture and enable digital transactions.
0: Right.
1: And so that has been incredibly helpful. And then the, the next thing that we're doing, and Dexcare is the platform that we've kind of built around that. And we also use a company called Kyris that allows us to do the same type of thing for what physician-specific needs. So if somebody's trying to book with a specialist or or a primary care physician, we use that platform. It's another Providence Ventures uh, portfolio company. So going from brands, supporting transactions, and then the next step that we're really working hard on right now and probably be our fourth spin out is is the engagement part of what we do. So if, if you just kind of transact with people, Online, that's great. You're creating convenience. But if you don't develop an ongoing kind of relationship with them, it is incredibly costly. There's the cost of churn. Most health systems see their patients on on average two and a half times a year. So very infrequently. We've kind of guesstimated that we've got to get that up to roughly 12 on average. You know, what that means is we got to become more relevant between episodes of care. And fortunately, yeah. most patients are relatively healthy. Mm-hmm. And so that's the next big, big work that we're going to be doing. And so if you think about engagement platforms, there's the typical ones outside of our industry. You can think of the points and loyalties programs that are out there for in travel. You can think of Amazon Prime as, as probably the most successful engagement platform ever. What they do is, is they just keep you relevant and top of mind and keep the conversation going between clinical interactions and So it's measured by monthly active users. So how many patients are kind of engaging with us on a monthly basis? We're about to hit 1 million per month, right? Which is okay for a health system, pretty good. But I believe we serve, say, you know, 10 to 12 million patients per year, let's say. We should be actually hitting, this might be a surprising number, but order of magnitude higher than that. So think 20 or 30 million. And the reason is, is I think there's an opportunity for us to be relevant to people who aren't even our patients, right? And the reason why I know that that could be true is there's examples of it in the market. So if you look at Mayo Clinic, they punch way above their clinical weight from both a brand and an engaged user standpoint. So they have invested a ton in clinical digital content, right? And so they have met an order of magnitude more users kind of quote unquote, come to the site and engage with Mayo Clinic uh, than people they actually treat, right? And so there is the possibility that you could actually kind of extend your reach even beyond your clinical footprint with people.
0: Right. What you're saying, again, really isn't something that's been part of the healthcare thinking for a lot of reasons, but Mm -hmm. do you see that the industry really is shifting more in that direction as far as Shooting higher and and engaging with those who who haven't even been to the facilities?
1: I mean, I think honestly, health systems don't have a choice.
0: (laughs) Right, yeah.
1: Competitors that they're working against. Like, this is how an e commerce company thinks. They think in terms of how good is my brand? You know, are my transactions happening? You know, are the, the digital transactions happening as convenient as possible that help your brand? And then once I've had that first transaction with a consumer, how am I creating an engaged experience to make sure that they choose us as the next place that they transact with? You know, whether it be looking at content or an actual clinical interaction, this is how Amazon thinks. And that engagement drives more better brand and it's a virtuous cycle. And so if you think about before the last, you know, five, six, seven years, Amazon really didn't advertise, right? Right. Jeff yeah. was very clear that what he wanted instead of dumping money in TV ads, he wanted to focus on a great transactional experience and then also on Prime. That's where he put his money. And it's it's paid off because you know, with relatively little kind of broad advertising, the Amazon brand has been incredibly successful because you know, every positive interaction you have with them online creates, you know, people kind of telling others, oh, you shouldn't try Prime, et cetera, et cetera. So it's that word of mouth that really matters. And, And if you think about it, you know, there's two ways you can solve this problem. We only have one viable route, which is you can solve this problem of kind of lack of engagement, either through kind of how Amazon did it by creating more and more opportunities to transact and engage digitally, which is relatively cheap versus what property and casualty companies do they will typically create huge, very, very costly marketing campaigns. So if you think of Progressive and Geico, where there's entire like plot lines and characters because they <laughs> advertise so much, that's incredibly expensive. And health systems don't have that margin structure. We can't afford you know, hundreds of millions of dollars to kind of support the brand and stay top of mind. But, but property casualty companies have effectively the same or if not a worse problem in that People, you know, rarely are out shopping for car insurance. And so when you're in the market, they want to make sure you remember them. And so they just kind of hit you with endless TV ads, right? Right. But the better way for health systems is, is to get those transactions online, capture all the engagement, like a bit, another big benefit of Zelt is it, it captures all the engagement that was typically done offline between the physician and the patient. Hey, you should go check this out on Amazon. Hey, you should watch this video. Hey, you need to read this. It's also kind of pulling in engagement that we should have been getting anyway, digitally. Right. So the process is make sure you have a good brand to reinforce. And there's a whole discussion around that. Make sure you get as many digital transactions as possible where there is already engagement, try to get as much of it on digital as possible. And then increase the opportunities and the your relevance through kind of talking about health, for instance, between episodes of care.
0: Now, um, coming from Amazon, is part of the reason that you did decide to, to go into healthcare just seeing this opportunity for transformation and growth in the digital arena?
1: Yeah, I, I mean, when I went into healthcare, I, I'll never forget you know, telling my, my bosses at Amazon that I was going to go work for a health system. And they were totally confused. I mean, this was, you know, seven years ago before Amazon really kind of had any ambitions in healthcare at all. And so it took, you know, I, I remember a 30 minute discussion with my boss just to get across like what the opportunity is. And then at the end of it, he's like, oh, you should totally go do this. But the thing was, is, is I had worked in healthcare 15, 16 years prior to that you know, and I left healthcare and I went into technology and founded two companies and then worked at Amazon. And those two companies were in banking and financial services, manufacturing software. And then I went to Amazon in e-commerce. And the things that had changed were pretty significant. You know, AI was really starting to to look promising again after Mm -hmm. kind of the cold winter it had. had. Mobile was a thing, you know, nineties, not so much. Obviously the internet, uh, wearables, so there was a lot of enabling technology that seemed to, to say, okay, and by the way, meaningful use had passed and, you know, yeah. health systems were at right. least getting kind of the basic digital infrastructure in place like EMRs. So right. enough investment in the infrastructure, et cetera, was there and the enough enabling technologies existed for this to kind of work, you know, so that that's, I think what, what drew me in.
0: Right. Right. You didn't regret it, I guess, since it's been seven years.
1: (laughs) No. I mean, you know, the thing is, is I always tell people technologists coming into healthcare go three stages. Stage one is hubris. You can't avoid it. You don't understand the system. It seems really messed up. And you're like, I'm here to help. Right. Stage two is the pit of despair where you realize, wow, it's really messed up for some fundamentally hard reasons. And very <laughs> smart people are in healthcare, right? And so it's not right. because they don't understand what's going on, it's because there's just some structural issues. And then phase three is you either get the bug or you don't, right? You either say, you know, I really enjoy the mission of healthcare and I'm willing to do something that's a lot harder, probably in other industries to innovate in, right?
0: Yeah, that's really so well
1: I'm, said. I've gotten <laughs> the great. bug.
0: Yeah, that's great. <laughs> that's very yeah. okay. Well, I think um, I should, I have to let you go, but yeah. um, this is great. I really enjoyed it. Thank you so much.
1: Wonderful. It's been a pleasure talking to you. Thank you so much.
0: Thank you for listening to this podcast from healthsystemcio.com. To hear other podcasts, visit our website or subscribe to our account in iTunes at healthsystemcio.com podcast.